0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on everybody? And welcome in the start of a brand new week. Monday, June 5th. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Today, we are talking the five most important figures and faces on the offensive side of the ball this year for the Burgundy and Gold. It's not just players, it could be a positional group, it could be a coach as well. So again, the five most important figureheads on offense for the Burgundy and Gold this year. Let's kick it off. We got As we say today, again, Monday, June 5th, start of a brand new week. We got media day out in Ashburn today. Chase Young is in town. Good to see 99 back in the jersey. We'll see him strapped up, cracking pads here, just like we will everybody on either side of the ball here in the next few weeks as we get closer and closer towards mini camp and training camp. But let's move in towards this topic today. And again, that is the five most important people, figureheads, individuals on offense. And for me, guys... It's really not a trick as far as who is the most important figurehead on the offensive side of the football this year. And moving forward for Washington, and it starts at the most important position in all of American sports, and that is at quarterback with Sam Howell moving into his first full season with the reins of Eric Bieniemy's offense. Now, we've talked about him moving into year two. This is the second offense that he's learned in two years in the NFL. We've talked about that in the past with quarterbacks here in D.C. as far as the differentiation of systems to where there's new QB coaches and new offensive coordinators and new head coaches coming in with differentiation of scheme. But now with Sam in the building, with Eric Bieniemy, they've had a full offseason together, right? We're now moving into the latter portions of OTAs, training camp here in the next few months. And of course, we're going to get rocking and rolling with real ball here sooner rather than later. But this, this ceiling of this football team, ladies and gentlemen, starts with Sam Howell and his ability to... Look, he's not going to be one of the elites of the NFL right away. Do I think he has the potential to be an above-average quarterback in this league or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC East in due time? I absolutely do. You guys have heard my thoughts on Sam Howell. I talked about him before Washington kicked off against Jacksonville last year. As far as the talent that this kid has, I gave him a day two grade coming out in the 2022 draft for a reason and you microscope the skill set with the players around him which we will get to in a little bit i promise because those guys are important as well but the most important athlete for washington on offense this year of course starts with sam howell there are going to be speed bumps not everything is going to be first pass crosser over the middle Terry mclaurin against dallas he takes it in for a seven yard touchdown that's not, not everything is going to be that easy there will be speed bumps this year you don't think that there's other defenses in the first four to six weeks of the year, they're going to throw every single exotic lookout at Sam Howell to see how he reacts. You're wrong. There are going to be speed bumps. There are going to be missed assignments. There are going to be interceptions. That is just how the, the track goes. The journey goes. The path goes with young quarterbacks under center. But... When you have the guys around him and the shoulder to lean on, and the voice in your headset in the form of Eric Bieniemy, and the individual that Ron Rivera can be as far as a leader of this team, and allowing Eric Bien-Aimé to say, "Look, Eric, this is your offense, not mine. My hand, my fingerprints aren't on it." Right? When him and Scott Turner sometimes we talked about, there were differentiations as far as what do they want to do offensively, run game, pass game. What type of offense are they? With Eric Biennemi, whatever he wants to do, he's going to do. Run, pass, play action, RPO, all of that's going to be involved every single week, and it's going to differ as far as whatever defensive scheme that they face. But bottom line, guys, is where Washington's success starts, whether whether they're picking in the top 10 next year or they're picking in the bottom half of the draft as we move into 2024, it is going to be on the success an immediate grace period to where you hope it's not too long you don't want it to be 10 12 weeks you want it to be hopefully three four weeks to where look not saying you have to be perfect right away it takes time it takes development and I think we've gotten away from that a lot in the evaluation process because we've seen the likes of Patrick Mahomes of Joe Burrow of Justin Herbert of these guys that come in and right away are successful but the cases like Jalen Hurts to where he came in as a mid-round pick and sat behind Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and, and learned and got bigger and faster and stronger and better as a processor inside the pocket alongside of his run game that we have seen from Sam Howell, the ability to use his legs, it is about development. And I think Washington has the individuals in the building. I mentioned Eric Bieniemy, but also quarterback's coach, Tavita Pritchard, that they brought over from Stanford. And then you have a guy back home for Sam Howell in the form of Anthony Boone, his specific individual quarterbacks coach who works with a ton of guys around the industry as well. So that's where it starts, ladies and gentlemen. The number one most important player on offense this year it's really not tricky. Again, it is Sam Howell. Now we'll move back as we move two, three, four, five spots. For me, number two, bottom line, it's not one player. It is the entire front five, whoever that may be along this front five this year. There is going to be shuffling and it may come early because as we look right now, Left tackle, Charles Leno. Left guard is Sadiq Charles. Center is going to be Nick Gates, most likely. And right guard, Sam Cosmi. And right tackle is, of course, going to be Andrew Wiley, who the team brought over as their prized, really free agency signing, coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs, and, of course, following Eric Bien-Me into town. But this front five has to be better. I'm not asking it to be the Eagles' front five. I'm not asking it to be the Cleveland Browns' front five of the last three to five years. I'm, I'm not. But they have to be able to allow the enemy and allow the skilled players on offense, both on the perimeter and in the backfield, whatever personnel groupings that they do have to reach their performance ceiling and give Sam Howell time to get his feet wet inside of the pocket. Now, we know that life moves extremely fast at the NFL level, especially for young quarterbacks where you're being thrown into the fire doesn't matter if you're facing Arizona like Washington will in week one or you're moving into the next few weeks where you're facing teams like Buffalo and then of course traveling to Philadelphia for your first divisional game. The offensive line has to allow Sam Howell, whether you're asking him to make multiple reads left to right, right to left, and you have to sit back there for three, three and a half seconds. I don't expect a lot of that this year, guys, and I'm going to get to my next face of this offense at the number three spot, which is obviously going to be extremely important here in a second but I don't think there's going to be a lot of times where you're looking at Sam Howell and he's asked to sit back there for a long time and that internal clock starts to to hit the panic button and you got guys in your face, you got bodies around your ankles and then that's when you, you run into injuries both along the front five and with your quarterback where all these types of bodies are piling up around your feet. Then you're throwing off platform, you're your arms sinking down your angles and then you can't deliver with velocity. You're not getting any torque in your throws. It's over the middle of the field. It's sailing over tight ends. You're targeting the outside portions of the boundary. It's sailing over their heads into the sideline. You're throwing balls in the dirt. All of that stuff starts to add up. And we've seen it over the last 10, 15 years in Washington to where it can get ugly at the quarterback position, no matter what players you have there. If your offensive line does not provide the ability both in the run game to open up the pass or the ability to pass protect to then open up the run. Because if you run the ball well, teams are going to stack the box against you. That's just what's going to happen. They're going to bring an extra linebacker on the field. Or if you're like Wink Martindale on the Giants, you're going to bring another edge rusher on the field to protect those edges of of your defensive line, the perimeters, if you will, the flats. Some teams like to bring on extra DB. Some teams like to bring on bigger bodies. But if you run the ball well, The box will get stacked, meaning there are more opportunities for guys like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel to see more free releases, meaning there's not guys in in their face one, two yards off the line of scrimmage and press. They are that five to seven range that we see a lot from Jack Del Rio's corners in zone to where they have to give space because guarding Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and man, we're not going to see a lot of it this year. So, that tailors back to the offensive line because everything correlates. You, The offensive line protects. It gives time for Sam Howell, and it gives time for guys to separate on the perimeter. That you know will. And I think the trust will be there as we move forward more months, more throws, more targets, more reps with Sam and the guys in the perimeter with time to be able to sit comfortably and understand, look, Charles Leno's got my blind side. I'm going to be able to sit back there for a little bit, really uncork my hips. Do I want to throw a 40-yard nine ball down the boundary and put it on the hash? Or I just want to target Logan Thomas 15 yards over the middle of the field? Or am I in the red zone? Do I want to throw a little fade ball to the back of Cole Turner, excuse me, the back of the end zone to Cole Turner and have him go over the top of his safety? But have the time to do so. There is not a single offense or single quarterback in football that is anything without an offensive line. That's just the bottom line. And really, the penultimate of that case is to look back at the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, and the effect that that Tampa Bay front seven had against Kansas City's offense when Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. What he does under center is not normal. It is very unique to the game that we've seen in a long, long time, potentially ever. But the bottom line is the guys that are along the front five, especially starting with Nick Gates or Ricky Stromberg, or Tyler Larson, or some unknown name that may play center this year that's going to be tasked with communicating protections to the left and right to allow Sam Howell to keep his eyes up, everything is going to correlate from the front five this year. It really is, as far as, again, in the run game, in the passing game. You run the ball with B-Rob and Antonio Gibson, and then you you play action that opens up. Those linebackers, all it takes is one, two steps forward to try to fill that hole. It's over the top. Then you just want to sit in shotgun and you want to dissect on the outside. That's fine. Then you want to run some QB draws, QB powers, get Sam Howell's legs involved. Not saying he's going to take a ton of shots. Obviously, you try to keep that body fresh as possible under the, at the quarterback position. But forcing the defense by running the ball well and throwing the ball well forces them to cover every single slick blade of grass on defense. So for me, my number two most important really positional group Right now, as we sit here in early June, is going to be offensive line. I don't think these top two spots will change as we move into this season. But again, Sam Howell, number one right now. Offensive line as a whole is number two. Number three is not a player. It's not a positional group. It is in the form of of offensive coordinator and assistant head coach, Eric Bieniemy, and the fingerprints that he will have on this offense and how he will architect this offense every single week against different teams. You look back to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles, you watch the first half, and then you watch the second half when Kansas City came out of the locker room and they, just a different type of team and offense specifically, as far as what they did from a personnel package perspective, to allow that offense... And give Patrick Mahomes more help to put points on the board and eventually win that Super Bowl. That was obviously close the entire game, especially as he moved in to later portions of the fourth quarter. It was a nail-biting ball game. That's what you ask for in the Super Bowl. That's what you got. But you look at how he used guys like Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, a rookie they took out of Rutgers last year late on day three that obviously had a heck of a season for them. And I think will be another important piece, Eric bien or not, right, in Kansas City for the years to come. But his ability to modify his personnel groupings, again, to what defenses don't do well. If you don't have athletic linebackers, well, I'm going to get athletes that usually aren't in space, in space, meaning guys like Antonio Gibson, or you want to flex out a guy like a Cole Turner, or you want to play some pony personnel, again, with multiple running backs on the field to where you want to play Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez in the backfield together. Two big, bruising backs. And you still want to have Antonio Gibson on the field to replace one of the tight ends and then still have guys like Terry and Jahan on the field as well. So the personnel groupings and what Eric Bieniemy does this year, again, against the defenses that they're going to face, is going to be extremely unique from what we've seen over the last three years with Scott Turner to where the offense got extremely repetitive and extremely static with orbit motions and Curtis Samuel going in motion on every single play. It was tiring to watch because nothing changed. No matter if you're up 20, you're down 20. It was the same type of offensive. Ski. It was just looking at your play sheet. It was the same type of game script every single game. You got in the red zone. Why are we throwing the ball when you got 200, two 220-plus backs And Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? When you watch the Kansas City Chiefs inside the red zone, you know how you guys have seen how unique— that they have gotten over the years as far as what they do from a personnel perspective with motion where the ball is you don't know where the ball is going when you get inside the 15 the 10 against the Kansas City Chiefs with the enemy and with Andy Reid now that the in Washington again with really an overall skill position perspective that was better than the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Now, I'm not going to sit here and compare it when they had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and obviously what they did for that offense. Because again, everything correlates with the man that's under center. And of course, that's Patrick Mahomes. But then you look in Washington and the guys that they do have and the ability to align the slot, align the perimeter. You want to run some motion. You want to run some return motion. You can do all different things with the skilled players that we have in DC to where if the offensive line isn't doing a good job, then he has the ability in Eric Bieniemy, of course, to modify his game to where he's not asking guys to block for three seconds, he's just asking you to engage and hold your guy up for a second, second and a half, and let me get the screen pass out. Let me send motion to the strong side of the formation, and we're going backside on you. Allow the the, the for the from the defensive perspective, trick their eyes, create matchup nightmares. That's what Eric Bieniemy does so well, and I think when you look at the ability of Sam Howell this year, of course it will rely upon the ability for guys on the outside to separate, and of course as I mentioned, the offensive line and their ability to protect and displace bodies in the run game. But his ability to allow every single offensive skill position to do different things against different defenses, we are going to see that weekend and week out, and allow Sam Howell to get in rhythm and create that timing early in football games. The first two, three series of the ball game is so important for quarterbacks. doesn't matter if you're Aaron Rodgers or you're Sam Howell. You have to get in rhythm in a football game because who you're facing each week, teams do different things. In the division, you face a team one time. When you face them the second time, they're probably going to do some different things. So if you hit them this one way, they're going to show something different. You keep hitting them that's when you see guys begin to progress and guys be- reach this new level of performance ceiling. But for Eric, the enemy, his fingerprints on this offense, I cannot wait to see this team, this group, this unit at full speed, in full pads, week one against the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field. I fully believe, guys, that we will score more than 18.9 points per game this year if you watch any other podcasts that I've been on I've talked about the 18.9 points per game that has to be better you have to be at minimum in the lower 20s the 23s to 24s to consistently be competitive in the NFL I'm not asking them to be the Chiefs or the Bills or one of these high level offenses the Cincinnati Bengals or you look what the Chargers can be to where they're scoring 27 28 upwards of 38 30 points a game I don't expect that right now but the skilled players are in position. The quarterback right now, for me, in my opinion, is in position to raise the performance ceiling drastically of this offense and getting a guy, an Eric Bieniemy with his experience, again, with skill players and the architecture and tailoring of skill sets, not pigeonholing people into roles, allowing players to do what they do best against the defenses that they face and targeting what defenses don't do well to the players that you have, I just cannot wait to see it this year. So my third most important figurehead on offense for Washington this fall is going to be Eric Bieniemy. Let's move to number four. And guys, this, it could encompass an entire group and we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's really one guy. And that is Antonio Gibson, especially now with the loss of Armani Rogers, because I think Antonio is going to have a such a increased role this year and I know the last few years since he's come out of Memphis he's been on the field a ton right I know the fumbling issues were concerned as he moved back into 2021 and 2020 but his ability to both play in the backfield and in space flexed out in the slot or on the perimeter and forcing defenses to bring another body on the field that can cover it's it expands a playbook and it expands a defense both east-west and And North-South. And it's going to open so much in both the run, the pass game, if you want to hit those deeper portions of the field, or you want to hit quick screens to the outside and get the ball in his hands like we saw years ago against Buffalo, taking at the house for what it was, a 60-70 yard touchdown, whatever it was. He has that ability in space. Now, I'm not going to ask him to align with his hand in the dirt like John Bates does and displace five techs, or at least hold up against these edge rushers if they want to make edge rushers rush twice. When I say rush twice, obviously that means to beat the tight end and then beat the offensive tackle. So you're rushing twice, you're beating two people. Antonio Gibson as a blocker right now is going to be below average. Technically, he needs to improve in that facet. But as we sit here in 2023, you need matchup nightmares. I just talked about it with how Eric Bannemi is going to use skill players. That is going to be Antonio Gibson used in space. The tight ends room right now is underwhelming. I am expecting more. I hope that this group impresses me as we move into the latter portions of this year, even the meat of the year, where we hope that Washington is not just competing for a wild card spot. They are competing for an NFC East title. That is the goal. You don't go into a season saying, ah, we want to pick 16 again. Your goal for every team across football does not matter who you are. For some, obviously, there's realistic expectations, but the goal fundamentally is is to lift the Lombardi Trophy in February. And for Washington, for them to reach that ceiling on offense this year, it's going to take an army. It's not just going to be Sam Howell. It's not just going to be Brian Robinson or Chris Rodriguez or, of course, the guys on the outside that we have to mention every single time we mention this offense. It is going to take a full Effort from all 11 guys that are on the field on first and 10 against the Arizona defense to whether they finish the season in week 17, excuse me, week 18, or the wildcard round, divisional, conference, or the Super Bowl. Bottom line, everything on the offensive side of the football correlates. From the front five to whoever snaps the ball, to guys separating on the outside, to an execution standpoint, and being able to put your guys in position to win off the field, from the enemy's perspective, it's going to take all 11 guys. But Antonio Gibson is such an X factor for me this year. I know we've talked about it with guys like Curtis Samuel as far as his versatility. But with Antonio being 220 plus pounds and his ability to tote the rock in the backfield and the ability to actually run routes and separate against whether teams want to put out a hybrid linebacker or a safety or they have to bring another corner on the field to counter Washington's aerial attack his ability in space this year will open up so many different things for so many different athletes to where he is right now one of the most important players for me on offense this fall now let's move to the fifth spot Again, there could be so many different individual guys, but there are only 11 spots. For starters, I could talk about Chris Paul. I could talk about the depth of the tight ends. I could talk about potentially the role of someone like a Kazmir Allen, who potentially we will seek return kicks or someone that could be a versatile weapon. If knock on wood, there would be injuries, but... The fifth spot for me is the receivers. It is Terry. It is Jahan. It's Curtis. It's Deami Brown, Marcus Kemp, Dax Milne. I just mentioned Kaz Allen and guys like Mitchell Tinsley to where, look, this group is deep. How many receivers are they going to keep? Remember, they kept six last year and that sixth spot is usually a guy that can return punts and offer you some value in the slot or on the outside and as a kick returner. Washington has not been able to figure out pun punt and kick returner for a long time. You guys know that. That sixth spot this year, I just mentioned it with Kaz Allen, could be him. Has to get healthy first. Dealing with a little injury right now. He has to be healthy, obviously, to make this roster and potentially have an impact. But on the outside, the guys at the top, 17, 1, and number 4. Not number 10. Remember, Curtis Samuel changed his number this year. He's not rocking number 10. He's going back to his old number and number 4. So McLaurin, Dotson, and Curtis, those three, and their ability to dominate matchups. Don't care if it's in zone. Don't care if it's in man. Don't care what corner you're facing one-on-one, especially with Terry and Jahan, to where hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, this year, this team, or this, this tandem, will get their respect as one of the best young wide receiver tandems in football, because Jahan was outstanding his rookie year, and the ceiling, I think, is untapped. You watch him as a route runner. You watch his ability to play in the air, his ability after contact, make guys miss. He plays like he's 6'6". He does. I love that about his game. And I don't need to go on and on about what Terry offers both within the hashes and as someone, well, in this case, beyond the hashes, if you will, from an alignment perspective, and the guy that he is in that locker room and, of course, in the community as one of the premier Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders. Since he come, since the team drafted him, of course, from Ohio State years ago. He's been excellent. And he will be excellent moving forward. It's just involving them in the game plan early, times of the last few years with Terry waited till the second half to get him a target. That cannot happen. These guys, specifically and Jahan and Terry, have to get involved early in football games. And again, receivers are absolutely nothing without a quarterback and the ability to, to pump them with targets. Timing and separation, all of that correlates. Of course it does. But their ability to win their matchups consistently on the outside is going to make life so much easier for Sam Howell this year at whatever depth that he wants to target them, whatever down and distance that they want to target them at, whatever the situation is in the game, whether it's the first and 10 from the first quarter or you're moving back into the second half of a football game and you're trailing by seven in a two-minute warning. Jahan, Curtis, and Terry. The trio on the outside that are going to start from week one are just so darn important for the overall success of this offense, whether they're lying in the slot, whether they're on the outside, it does not matter. Winning their matchups early and often this year will allow Sam Howell to get his feet wet quickly inside the pocket and immediately build that trust under fire because it's fun looking in Ashburn and seeing them target one-on-ones against Emmanuel Forbes or Kendall Fuller But as we move into the regular season, when games start to count, reps start to count, every throw matters. Every throw is microscoped. Trusting your guys on the outside with the young man in Sam Howell that's throwing it under center, it's going to just make everything that much easier. And that's when that timing and that rhythm is going to be established early in football games. So that is my five most important, again, slot position, slots position group, slots coaches, for Washington's offense this year, again, 1-5, through five, Sam Howell, the entire offensive line, Eric Biennemi, Antonio Gibson, and the wide receivers. Now, Antonio Gibson, you could also talk about the entire tight ends. I've talked to you guys a bunch about the importance of this tight ends group, but I don't expect Antonio to play a bunch of Y this year. Again, attached in line. I expect him to play that F, flexed out in space, and provide some unique matchups from a defensive perspective of how they're going to guard Washington on defense so again that is my that is my top five may change as we move in closer to training camp closer to the season roster changes injuries knock on wood it's unfortunate but we've already seen it already bite Washington in the form of Armani Rogers let's just knock on wood hopefully to where there's there's just nothing more of that as we move closer to where look we want to get in the summer we want to be healthy full the install is going well it's clean have everybody available both on the field and in meeting rooms to get this offense specifically to mesh on all ends so guys that's going to do it for today's episode always appreciate you guys tuning in you can leave a like review share subscribe we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify if you don't follow me already on twitter underscore ryan fowler hope you guys had a great weekend i will have an episode out for you next monday you know we heard that this week josh harris He's going to meet with a committee about the finance of the Commanders, So hopefully we are slowly creeping towards the finalization of getting Josh Harris as the owner of the Washington Commanders, that title, right? Along with the ownership group that of course includes Magic Johnson. So I know that, look, it's exciting times, guys. really is football soon, finalizing the sale, which we never thought would happen. It's exciting times. And of course it is June. We're moving towards summer. I know you guys maybe got some looking forward to some vacations coming up, heading towards the beach. Hope you guys have a great week. I will talk to you next Monday. Well, I will go over the five most important players, position groups, or coaches on the defensive side of the ball for the Burgundy Gold, a unit we expect, again, to be good. Not just good. I shouldn't say just good. Even better than they were last year to where they could be potential a top defense in football, really, if everything comes to fruition on the defensive side of the football this year. I really, truly believe that. We'll talk defense next week. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.